This podcast sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. A Cherry Hill Volvo and XC40 can be leased for as low as $459. And an XC90 leased for as low as $629. The Cherry Hill Volvo offers are very aggressive. Spring into Cherry Hill Volvo for incredibly fabulous offers. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. The first Biden impeachment inquiry is underway. There was more looting in Philadelphia last night, probably more on the way for tonight. And uh, the presidential debate last night, the Republican debate. Did you watch? I watched. And I have lots of thoughts. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here today. It is uh, Thursday, 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Thanks for being here today. Uh, Right off the top of my head, I'll tell you uh, from last night's debate, and I mean this sincerely. I really do. I mean this. I, I I will still, no matter who the Republican nominee is, I'm picking that person over a Democrat. I, I really am because the Democrat Party is just freaking nuts. It's nuts. That said, I, last night was a little bit of a, of a clown show in many respects. And, I, you know, I, I watched it because it was my job. I don't know how many, if you watched it, let me know your thoughts. I thought there were there were way too many little, little like, shecky moments last night. Way too much talking over each other, yelling over each other. Poor Doug Burgum barely got a word in edgewise. Uh, you know, look, it's there's, there's too many people on that stage. That's the problem. There's too many people on that stage, and it's going to be like this as long as you have that many people on the stage. I mean, it's just the bottom line. Uh, Trump's lead is, at this point, insurmountable. I love how last night Dana Perino, who I thought did you know, a fine job, she best she could do in the circumstances, but she asked Ron DeSantis a question of, how do you possibly think you can make up the gains here? What's the numerical pathway given Trump's insurmountable lead? And he didn't really have an answer for it. He doesn't. I, none of them do. I mean, that's the bottom line. DeSantis will live to fight another day, though. He, he did better last night than he did in the first debate. I thought bringing up his military service last night was a smart move. I thought saying he wanted to get us out of Ukraine was a smart move last night. Uh, but, you know, I, Trump's lead is just it's insurmountable. And I noticed today Governor Glenn Youngkin was on Fox News. And there's the Washington Post today has a story about him saying, well, the uh, the Glenn Youngkin candidacy for president, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Now, if I'm Glenn Youngkin, I'm taking a hard pass on this. I really am. I'm taking a hard pass because Trump's lead is just too insurmountable at this point. And this is not it's just, it's just he's going to be the nominee. And it's just the bottom line. He's going to be the nominee for better, or for worse. That's just the way it's going to be. And the danger that Youngkin runs right now, the danger for him is that he jumps in the race and he winds up becoming Ron DeSantis in in the sense that he doesn't have the ability to translate his success from Virginia on a national scale. People get angry at him for running against Trump. You know, the question is really for DeSantis at this point is he's not going to be the nominee. He's not going to beat Trump. He did better last night. 
probably did the best out of anybody last night, except for Doug Burgum, who was on fire. But he's not going to be the nominee. So how much damage has he caused himself at this point? He was on fire after he won his reelection in Florida. He made a lot of Trump people angry by getting in the race. And look, I mean, nobody's entitled to be president. So, um, you know, everybody has a right to run. I don't think that should be that big of a deal. But a lot of people feel angry at him saying he should have shown loyalty to Trump. So that's a problem for him. But that can be forgiven. But it's more about the fact that he was on such a high and he's come really down back to earth now. And, you know, if he if if in four years he runs again, that's people are going to remember that. You know what I mean? People are going to remember that. And I think Glenn Youngkin's in the same boat. And it may not be them. It may just be a product of the fact that just Trump's lead is just is just that big. And, and people within the Republican Party just love the guy and they're voting for him no matter what, no matter what happens, no matter how many indictments, no matter how many judges come out against him, no matter what, they're standing with Trump. And that's just the political reality of the time we live in. In four years, it would be a much different story. Obviously, it's going to be a much different story in four years. But for right now, you run the risk. I think at this point, any other Republican runs the risk of of looking like you couldn't get it done and then people remembering that four years from now. It's a problem. But look, these guys also have a timing problem, too. I mean, DeSantis is now in his second term as governor. So if he runs again in four years, he's going to be the former governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, or at least be approaching that point in 2028. And the governor of Virginia has a six-year term. So he doesn't he he also has a, a time issue here you know if he waits this this time out which i think is a smart political move he will be the ex-governor of virginia by the time 2028 rolls around too and being an ex obviously doesn't bring with it necessarily the same kind of uh, gravitas that being a sitting governor does but at the same time there's still such a craving for outsiders within the party and i don't think that's going to change i mean trump obviously wasn't a governor trump wasn't a senator trump wasn't a former governor either and he got the nomination in 2016 and i think he's going to get it again in 2024 i don't have a crystal ball here i can only go with the data and the information i have at this moment in time and in this moment in time that's what i see happening I, I, I don't know what I don't know. So I don't know, you know, if an asteroid hits the earth and there's a zombie apocalypse and <laughs> I don't know those things. But based on all the facts I have before me right now, that's how it's going to play out. What changes uh, as far as the primary? Nothing. Nothing I see changing here. Whether Trump's incarcerated or not is not going to change things. I mean, he could be sitting in a jail. He's still going to win the nomination. But the general election is a whole other animal. I mean, as Democrats are now coming to the same reality that I, I've, I've been saying now for a long time, Trump's going to be the nominee. As they're, as they're accepting this reality, they're getting very, very nervous here. And it's like what Bill Maher and James Carville said yesterday in that podcast. And they said, you know, 75% of the people don't want Joe Biden to be the candidate. You run any other Democrat and they, that person beats Trump. They're acknowledging Trump's going to be the nominee too. I mean, what was not said in that podcast, or maybe it was, I just didn't hear that part, but, you know, James Carville and Bill Maher uh, agree that Trump's also going to be the nominee. So their point is, you, you nominate any other Democrat besides Biden, he beats Trump. So what's the party doing? What are we doing here? What are we doing with this old codger who's got to wear tennis shoes and he falls upstairs? But the, he's the president, and he may not want to go anywhere. I think he will not be the nominee. I mean, my, my sense of it, again, my prediction is, and I've been wrong before, but my prediction is Joe Biden will not be the nominee. I don't think he can be, but it, it may not be that easy to get the guy out of the race. He is the incumbent president. 
and he does have the party control and, and, and his people, more importantly, do. Forget Biden. You have to remember that within the presidency, there's a, a whole cadre of people around you. And in Biden's case, they're all much more lucid than he is. But they control the levers of power in the Democrat primary. They don't want to give that up. They do not want to give that up. Because they all have their own people. You know, the Biden people hate the hate the Harris people. And then if Gavin Newsom's the nominee, he brings in the Newsom people. Every politician has their people. And a lot of these time, the, the times, you know, people will jump ship, so to speak, to help out in a general election. But then by the time the dust settles and that person gets in the White House, it's like, all right, well, thanks, but get out of here. I want my people around me. And so the Biden people don't want to give up that power. Biden may not be calling the shots. He may just be maybe a puppet regime at this point. But the people who are in charge, they certainly don't want to give that up. And they're not going to give that up without a fight. But there are Democrat power brokers, masters of the universe in the Democrat Party, who realize now that they're they're probably going to be stuck with another term of Donald Trump's presidency unless something radical changes here. That's the reality they're 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 waking up to here at this point. I mean, everybody on that stage last night to me looked like it, it looked it looked like a, a somebody said it best on Twitter. I forget who it was, and there was somebody in the Zilli army who said it. I felt like I was watching a vice presidential debate last night. Yeah, that's what I felt like too. That's what I, that's, that's the exact same kind of sense that I got out of it. Some people are auditioning to be part of Trump's cabinet. Like, like, for example, I mean, Doug Burgum, I think would be a great secretary of energy. The guy had a really, a couple of really important points to say last night about China and EVs and also about Biden's disastrous energy policy and how China is destroying the earth, mining for the minerals for the for the EV batteries, literally destroying the earth. And he talked about North Dakota being an oil state being one of the biggest energy states in the country. He'd be a great secretary of the energy, of the energy department for Trump and his cabinet. Vivek Ramaswamy obviously is going out there to take shots, and he has a lot of very important things to say. He, he has, he's got to get a voice at the table. Christie continues to either prove that he has no political skill whatsoever or he's the smartest guy in the room and is doing all of this just to help Trump because every time he takes a shot at Trump, it seems like Trump's poll numbers go up. I tell you what Christie should do. What he should do is call it a day and run for Senate in New Jersey against Bob Menendez because there's new polling out there that shows he would beat Menendez in a general election. Even though he left the governor, the the uh, the governor's office, very unpopular. Uh, people have short memories, and and if he ran for Senate, he he could potentially beat Bob Menendez if Menendez is the candidate in 2024. So that's what he should do. I mean, politically speaking, it would be the smart move because where does he go from here? He's not going to be the nominee. Trump hates him at this point, unless Trump loves what he's doing for him because, you know, he makes his dumb Donald Duck jokes last night and it falls flat and looks embarrassing for him. But, you know, Trump just calls him a slob and moves on. So where do you go if you're Christie after this? You go back to this week with George Stephanopoulos. Seems like the guy's itching to do something. So it seems like that would be the better move for him at this point. But he seems pretty stubborn. So I don't imagine he's going to get out of this race anytime soon. As far as uh, Nikki Haley, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. As much as I would vote for any of those people over a Democrat, I think Nikki Haley is going to get us into another war. It, it's, it, to me, she just sounds like such a warmonger. I know that there's a lot of people in the party now that have this fascination with her. 
And they think, well, if DeSantis can't do it, maybe they should rally around Nikki Haley. What I heard out of Haley last night, there were not things that I particularly liked very much. And I think that Nikki Haley is that kind of old school Republican neocon that I I don't think is good for us. And I was disappointed to hear Tim Scott say we should stay in Ukraine and push back Russia and we got to stop Russia. And, you know, the next move is Poland. And I was disappointed to hear that. I was happy to hear Ron DeSantis say we need to get out of Ukraine. I was happy to hear him say that. He's uh, he he botched the first time he was asked about Ukraine a while ago. But since then, he's come out and said, we got to get out. So I was glad to hear that. And obviously, that's Trump's message. And I think the reason why Trump is doing as well as he is, for a lot of reasons, I mean, a big part of it is his ability to connect with working class people, something I have not seen a politician do quite like him in my lifetime. I mean, he's this billionaire populist, but he connects with the working man and woman. I mean, it's, it's really amazing. You know, the plumbers, the pipe fitters, the auto workers, they love the guy. Union workers, they love the guy. The, the, the guys and gals who work for a living love the guy. And he has that ability to connect with them in a big, big way. And probably because he grew up around a lot of those people working in various, you know, construction and real estate and everything else. But he also says, we got to get out of Ukraine. And I think the Republican Party wants to get out of Ukraine. I think that there is still the old guard of the Republican Party, the Mitch McConnells of the world, Lindsey Graham's, that element of the party that obviously wants us to be there forever and ever. I don't think the average voter thinks that way. I don't think the average Republican voter believes we should be in Ukraine forever. I think they want to say enough is enough. So I think, you know, if Nikki Haley were to somehow emerge, she's not going to, but if she were to become the nominee, if she were to be president, I, I, I predict we get deeper into Ukraine, the Ukraine conflict. I think the same thing with Christie, the same thing with Pence. Um, Ramaswamy has good things to say about that as well, you know, saying that this, this is a mistake, Ukraine is a mistake. But let's be honest, Trump's going to be the nominee, like I said. The rest of it is just kind of noise. The rest of it, you just have to wonder what what, what happens next. We, we can't sustain seven people on a stage yelling over each other and talking over each other and making their little cracks. And Mike Pence has to stop with the jokes. Shecky Pence, you know, jokes about sleeping with a teacher. Like, enough. Like, stop with the dad jokes. Stop. And Christie's little digs, you know, calling Trump Donald Duck stupid. It's, it's got to it's got to stop. It's not it, it, it's there are serious issues facing the country right now. And a lot of last night was noise. It really was. A lot of it was noise, I felt like. But that's what's going to happen when you get seven blowhards on a stage together. You get that many people on a stage together and you're going to have that. You have everybody talking over each other, everybody wanting to try to get their spotlight. Poor Doug Burgum, like I said, only got in a few uh, a few comments here and there. Poor Doug. The Burgum bros were not happy, all 12 of them last night. We're not happy with the fact that Doug Burgum barely got anything to say last night. So that's how I view it. That's my quick analysis of it. I'm trying to, very hard to really not speak ill of, uh, of the Republican candidates, but I always, like I tell you, I always call balls and strikes. I try to give you my objective analysis of things. This is how I've always done it. I've always done it this way, and I get a lot of hate mail for it. In 2016, I did it this way, and I had either, depending on the day, either Trump supporters were mad at me or Ted Cruz supporters were mad at me. And it's just the way I play it. I, I, I don't play it, actually. I just, I call it. It's like call balls and strikes. If I think a candidate did something right, I say it. If I think a candidate did something stupid, I say it. Just how I operate. And I think it's why you trust me. I hope it's why you trust me, because I don't have some ulterior motive here and some secret agenda. I'm not helping any of the candidates this cycle around. I wouldn't, because I obviously helped Trump in 2016, so I would not feel right about helping another candidate at this point. Unlike all these other turncoats who you know, flip and then want to write books, I have no interest in doing that either. I'm also too lazy to write a book. Well, that's not true. I've written a book before, but I have no interest in writing another one. A tell-all, anyway. But the point is that 
I'm not, I don't have an agenda. I really don't. And it's not even a matter of having a dog in the fight. There's no dog to have. Trump's the dog. He's going to be the nominee. So that's where things stand. On the Democrat side, though, it's a mess. It's a mess. They have a real problem with this president. They don't know what to do with the guy. These hearings today, these impeachment hearings, you know what they show? The American people, they show that Joe Biden is corrupt and crooked. And the Democrats are so terrified of all this coming out. They spent the entire morning today arguing on procedural grounds, procedural reasons, parliamentary reasons why they should not continue with this impeachment inquiry. And all I kept thinking to myself was, if you guys think Biden is innocent, why are you so afraid of getting all this out into the open? Oh, man, you know, Ophelia Duff protest too much. They were protesting over and over and over this morning about even just having the hearing. And they're very nervous about all this corruption coming out because, let's face it, Biden is deeply unpopular. Democrats don't want him to run. The economy stinks. And we're, we're in this mess with Ukraine. And a lot of people wonder if it's because of Biden's corruption. We see China, China making moves around the world. We, people wonder, is that because Biden's corruption? And either way, even if they don't think that, they certainly think, man, me and my family are sucking wind over here. And this corrupt SOB making millions of dollars off his office. And people don't like that. Now, it's one thing to deal with that when the economy's good and you're living high on the hog. Maybe you could put up with corruption, but not when you're hurting, not when your family's hurting, not when 85% of the people, I think that was the statistic they used last night, 85% of the people have real economic worries every day of their life in this country. We do. My family does. Of course we do. We all do. Everybody does. And when you think about that from that perspective and you turn around and say, how is it that all you guys were able to get so rich off your office? People turn around and say, you know what? You you, got to go. You slime bag. You got to go. All right. 855-839-1210 is the number if you would like to uh, weigh in. And everything we are discussing today. More chaos in Philadelphia last night. I'll break that down for you as well. And I'll give you the latest from the first Biden impeachment inquiry hearing. What details have come out from Chairman James Comer and Jim Jordan and some of the other members who have spoken today. This is the beginning of letting America know about the Biden family corruption. It's an important part of what the constitutional job is by the Congress, which is to ensure that the president of the United States of America is not compromised by foreign powers. Okay? Lot to chat about on a Thursday. Don't go away. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just read Redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right, so first of all, let me uh, just say thank you to... Uh, See, thank you to SFS Dad, just a dad on Twitter. Yes, I, I misspoke when I said that the governor of Virginia has a six-year term. I meant four-year term, one four-year term. I was confusing that with the term of a U.S. senator. Uh, so thank you for calling me out on that. I always try to be accurate in what I say. Sometimes I make mistakes, like I'm only human. Uh, but yes, Glenn Youngkin only has a four-year term, one term. He's term-limited in Virginia. He can run again, but he's term-limited. He can't have more than one consecutive terms so that means then that he would be a the former governor of virginia or you know he'd be looking to run again for the governor of virginia either way it's not it's not a, it's not a good spot to be if you're glenn youngkin and you want to you know run for president so there's always a timing issue with these things but i i still think he's got more to lose by jumping in the race now i really do just given trump's lead if this was if this was a, a different year different candidate It'd be a different situation, but, you know, Trump voters are incredibly loyal. They're not choosing Trump as the lesser of all evils. They're choosing Trump because they genuinely want him to be the president. You know, they're, they're, sometimes you choose candidates over it's the lesser of all evils and you just got to go with that person. You, you say to yourself, well, you know what, they're better than any Democrat and just the way it is. Trump's voters want Trump, period. And that means that if tomorrow, you know, he, he he decides he's not running or whatever, of course, they'll find somebody else. They're not, they're not going to vote, but I mean, well, some may, but not. But I think most of them would say we still have to stop the Democrats from winning. But in the absence of that, it's not like somebody else is going to get in and they're going to turn around and go, oh, well, now I'm not with Trump anymore. He has a loyalty in politics that I really have never seen before. It's it's very rare. It doesn't normally happen. And. What people have to understand about that is it is an anomaly in politics. Most people, politics is very transactional. It's why you see people who are popular at one point and then they're not popular anymore. Within the Republican Party, though, the loyalty that Trump has with voters is something that is an absolute political anomaly. Nobody else has it and nobody may ever have it again. It may be a one-and-done kind of a situation where this guy comes along and he connects with people like nobody else, and they just love the guy, and it it doesn't help. I mean, the Democrats don't help that by constantly going after him and then making people feel more loyal to him. But you think about, as popular as some Republicans are, after a term or two, you're like, I can't stand that guy, or I can't believe I ever voted for that person, or... That really has not happened with Trump, and it never will with his people. And and that's, that's... that's the issue for Ron DeSantis. I think Ron DeSantis thought getting in the race, he would turn around and people who were going to vote for Trump would say, oh, well, DeSantis is running, so now I'll go with him. It didn't happen. It's not going to happen. And it's not going to happen for any of the other candidates on that stage either. So if, if Youngkin gets in, it, it's also not going to happen for him. Now, the Republican establishment, though, will not stop. Make sure you know that. I mean, they're not going to stop. The people that want to stop Trump. I remember I had a conversation with somebody, I don't know, back in, I guess it was the late winter. And they sat me down and they were talking and they said, you know, Trump can't win. Everybody's got to get behind DeSantis. And I said, well, first of all, DeSantis isn't running yet. But if he does run, he's got to convince people of that. That's not my job. That's not your job. That's his job. He's got to do that. 
if he wants to be the party's nominee. He's got to go out there and convince Republican voters Trump can't win and he can. And he hasn't been able to achieve that. He has not been able to do that. And that's not going to change. It's just not. And if you're a DeSantis supporter, again, I'm not trying to, to I, I like him. I think he has a lot to offer. I think he's a very, very good governor. And I think he, in any other year, in any other time, he probably would be the party's nominee. But this isn't any other year. This isn't any other time. It's the time we live in. And that's a fact. Can he, um, will people forgive him for running against Trump if Trump wins? Yes. If Trump, people can forgive a lot of things in politics. They certainly can. But the bigger problem for him is not the fact that Trump voters are angry that DeSantis ran against him. In the future, it's going to be, dude, we thought you were going to be the guy who was going to stop him and you couldn't. And what does that say about your prospects in 2028? Because, you know, that's also a political reality that people are now waking up to and saying maybe everything he had in Florida just doesn't translate on the national level, you know? So, like I say, I I call balls and strikes here. I really do. I call balls and strikes. To me, it's more interesting that way. I don't particularly think you want me to push you in a direction. I don't think you'd be pushed anyway. So I don't view that as my job, certainly. And I'm not trying to play some Jedi mind trick on you either. I'm just telling you the way I see this whole game played. And I love watching it. I do. I feel, you know, politics to me is my sports. So I watch this stuff the way probably people watch football games and and baseball games. And I analyze all these things. And and for me, I very much, as I'm watching these things, feel like a commentator. You know, I I feel like Merrill Reese watching the Eagles game. I, I feel that way when I watch these things. And yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I root for the home team being the Republican Party, but objectively in a primary, I step back, I look at it, I observe it all, and I see how this plays out, and I see how this is all going. You have some people that are never, ever going to stop trying to stop Trump from becoming the nominee. They are hell-bent on the idea that if he's the nominee, the Republican Party loses. But the problem for them is... There, unless every other candidate drops out of the race tomorrow and it's a one-on-one fight, and then in that moment, I still think Trump is the nominee. I still think he winds up becoming the Republican nominee at this point. Any chance DeSantis had to stop him was a very brief window that has since been shut, I think. So no matter who it is up on that stage, if it's one-on-one, I still think he gets the nomination at this point. And that may have, in the end, more to do with him then it has to do with any other candidate. And just that absolute undying yieldy to Donald Trump as a candidate that you just don't see in politics. You just don't see it. So he within the Republican Party, he's more popular now than when he was president within Republican primary voters. And the, and the same people that were never Trumpers then are never Trumpers now. I mean, not much has changed in that respect. And at the end of the day, what Republicans are going to have to figure out, even the ones that don't like him, is what are you going to do if he's the nominee? Are you going to let there be another four years of Joe Biden? But more importantly than that is the question that voters who hate him are going to have to ask themselves. And this is where I have said for a long time, I think whoever the Republican nominee is wins. I do. I think if it's Joe Biden as the candidate, whoever the Republican nominee is wins. Because Americans, have, are, they're fed up with, with this administration. They're fed up with him. They're fed up with the administration. They're fed up with the economy. But I don't know what I don't know, and I don't know what's going to happen. You know, if Gavin Newsom's the candidate, the guy's a slick talker, I would hope everybody would say, we don't want America to be like California. I would hope that would be the case. If Michelle Obama does run, and I know, Susie, she's probably not going to, but if she were to run, 
Does that change things? Probably in a big way. It's a scary proposition. That's why so many people are talking about it and lamenting the idea that it could occur, obviously. Uh, So here's some audio from last night's Republican presidential debate. I'll play a couple clips. And I also want to talk about the first impeachment, obviously, that's going on of uh, Joe Biden. This is about airing Biden's corruption out for everybody in the open. It's not about impeaching him. He's not going to get impeached. Maybe he'll get impeached in the House, but I don't even think that. I think this is more about just letting the American people see what's going on and letting the media fall into that. As the media goes on and talks about how there's no evidence of corruption trying to hold Biden's water, but actually there's a lot of evidence of corruption and everybody can see it. Here's Jim Jordan from today's impeachment hearing uh, talking about what this is all about. Cut number two. This is a tale as old as time. Politician takes action that makes money for his family and then he tries to conceal it. Never forget four fundamental facts. Hunter Biden gets put on the board of Burisma. Gets paid a lot of money. Hunter Biden's not qualified, fact number two, to sit on the board. Not my words, his words. He said he got on the board because of the brand, because of the name. Fact number three, the executives at Burisma asked Hunter Biden to weigh in and help them with the pressure they are under from the prosecutor in Ukraine. Fact number four, Joe Biden goes to Ukraine on December 9th, 2015, gives the speech attacking the prosecutor that starts the process of getting that guy fired. Those facts, by the way, are consistent with what the confidential human source told the FBI and the FBI recorded in the 1023 form, the same form that the Justice Department didn't want to let this committee see. And all those facts, all of that was further confirmed yesterday with the information that the Ways and Means Committee released from the whistleblowers Shapley and Ziegler. Here's a communication from Hunter Biden to an executive with Burisma. Devin and I do feel comfortable with Blue Star uh, strategies and the ability of Sally and Karen to deliver. Hunter Biden put Burisma in, in touch with Blue Star strategies. What were they going to deliver? Well, that was in a communication released yesterday as well. U.S. officials in Ukraine and in the United States need to express support for Burisma and Nikolai Zalsevsky to the highest level decision makers, the president of Ukraine, the president's chief of staff, and the prosecutor general. That's what they were gonna deliver. And were they successful? The interior minister confirmed that Zolachevsky is no longer wanted. We won in less than a year. Communications between the folks at Blue Star and Eric Sherwin, who was Hunter Biden's business partner. Awesome work, congratulations to you guys. Those are the communications. That's what they got done. And remember, when this happens in October 2016, when, they, when the pressure is taken off, the case is dropped against Olachevsky, this is the second prosecutor. Joe Biden fired the first one. The second prosecutor comes in, drops the charges. That's exactly what they wanted done. And the final step, the final step is the Biden Justice Department tries to sweep it all under the rug. They slow walk the investigation, They let the statute of limitations lapse for the most important years, 14 and 15, the Burisma years when all that income's coming in. They try to put together this sweetheart deal and get it past the judge. And we learned yesterday in the search warrant warrant examining Hunter Biden's electronic communications, they weren't allowed to ask about political figure one. Political figure number one is the big guy, is Joe Biden. 
political figure number one being Joe Biden. And I, I mean, all this is out there. All this is for everybody to see. And you and I are smart people. So we can absorb all these details and we can figure all this stuff out for ourselves. But remember something. Most people driving around are not going to get into Zelensky and Jachevsky and, you know, all these different names and all this person, this person. So you might ask yourself, what is the purpose then of of going into all this detail and describing all these things and, and, and being so specific? It's really not to confuse people it's really not to to make people you know say this is boring i'm tuning out what it really is is about showing how extensive the layers of corruption are because the more that that's out there the more the people see that and realize that the more they turn around and say you know what this this is there's too much here to ignore with this guy there's just too much and the more that democrat power brokers realize that this is too much to ignore So uh, there's political justice and there's criminal justice. There's never going to be criminal justice against Joe Biden as long as the Department of Justice is there. But the reason why the Democrats went after Trump was over a phone call, right? A phone call to Zelensky. It's easy to understand. He called the president of Ukraine. He said, I want to find dirt on Joe Biden. They made it very simple for everybody to understand. The challenge for the Republicans right now, quite frankly, is to make it very easy for everybody to understand driving around with the kids in the car, driving around to work, whatever, and going Zachevsky, Zelensky, whatever, they got to make it very easy for people to understand. I think they'll get there. I do. I think they'll get there. I think they'll have a very easy way to make people understand this, but right now it's about connecting the dots. And, and as they're connecting the dots and more things that connect directly to Joe Biden come around, and the bigger it seems, the bigger this whole criminal conspiracy seems, I think it, the harder it is to ignore But they do have to find a way to make it very easy where you can say in an elevator ride up with somebody. So what is it that Joe Biden did? And they can turn around. They can say, oh, well, turns out Joe Biden was making all these money from people. And you don't have to go into elaborate detail about it. You can just very easily explain it. That's going to be the trick. They can do that. Great. Then they have a leg up on it. And that's that's what that's what needs to happen here. As far as, uh, you know, the the Democrats and what they're trying to do, Jamie Raskin who's a scoundrel, total scoundrel here. He opens today during the committee by saying, first of all, he tries to stop the whole thing with procedural movements, tries to just throw it all off with parliamentary moves. And you got to ask yourself, if you think Biden, if you think there's no evidence here, why are you trying so desperately to get them to not continue with the impeachment inquiry? Huh, Jamie? Why? What are you so worried about? Cut number four. Counts is what Donald Trump wants. As Republican Representative Ken Buck, a Freedom Caucus member, told CNN the other day, President Trump has gone on his social media account and said we should be impeaching President Biden. Kevin McCarthy said we have an impeachment inquiry. You draw the conclusion, directly or indirectly, this impeachment inquiry was a result of President Trump's pressure. So we move from a Trump-ordered government shutdown to a Trump-ordered impeachment process, and yet back in the reality-based world, the majority sits completely empty-handed with no evidence of any presidential wrongdoing, no smoking gun, no gun, no smoke. In fact, we have had to slide awkwardly into a House impeachment process without the benefit of the floor vote that Speaker McCarthy insisted was absolutely imperative and necessary. 
Well, look, you know, uh, the protesting by the Democrats says it all for you. It really does. It says it all. Democrats are very nervous about all this, but they're more nervous about the fact that they they, they know Joe Biden's going to lose. And this just doesn't help. You know what I mean? This just doesn't help the guy. So they're they're very worried. And they keep bringing up Trump, you know, Trump and MAGA and the cult of MAGA. And you're just doing this because of Trump and blah, blah, blah. And MAGA Republicans. Then they scream about a government shutdown as if they should not be doing this because the government may shut down. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about that. If you have a reason, a constitutional reason to go down this road, you should. And I'll tell you right now, Congress has a responsibility to ensure that the sitting president of the United States of America is not corrupted by foreign regimes that may, may be controlling the movements of the United States of America vis-a-vis foreign policy. The Congress has an absolute responsibility to make sure of that. We have to know we're not in Ukraine because Joe Biden is, is being bribed by Ukraine. We need to know that we're not allowing China to run roughshod around the world because Joe Biden's getting bribed by, by China, you know, in a big extortion plot. We need to know these things. It's important. Whether it's, it's, it's sexy and whether it's flashy and whether it's easy for voters to understand is secondary to that fundamental question of what is the responsibility of the United States Congress. And the responsibility of the United States Congress under the impeachment clause is to make sure that the president, in addition to just not being a king, in addition to not being corrupt, that the president's foreign policy is not being dictated to by a hostile foreign power or a friendly foreign power for that matter. We have to ensure that fact. And right now, from where I sit, I can't tell you with a straight face that, yeah, I know that we're in Ukraine because Joe Biden really believes we should be in Ukraine. I can't say that. I have no idea. To me, it looks a lot like Joe Biden's being being bribed by Ukraine. Like like Ukraine knows the goods. And if we don't do exactly what Ukraine wants, Ukraine will let the whole world know about the goods. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But it certainly seems that way. Congress has a responsibility to the American people to ensure that the president of the United States does not have his foreign policy dictated to him by a hostile foreign power, period. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Okay, Cooper University Healthcare is South Jersey's leading academic health system. With more than 100 locations in our region, there is a Cooper near you for your family. That's right. Including, of course, the MD Anderson Cancer Center at Cooper. Life-saving, game-changing cancer care right in our backyard. World-class Healthcare and the Cooper Neurological Institute doing amazing work on stroke, Alzheimer's, and dementia. There's also Cooper Urgent Care. For all of everyday life's everyday urgent care needs, take your family to Cooper Urgent Care. See, the difference with other urgent care centers is that at Cooper Urgent Care, you're seen by the very same physicians, nurses, and providers who are on the front lines at the region's number one level one trauma center. So they see and deal with the, the, the absolute biggest emergencies. They're the same people who help your family with life's everyday urgent care needs. And Cooper is fantastic. They are committed, they are compassionate, and they are complete. And the Zioli family, we use Cooper for all of our health care needs. So reach out to them today for an appointment for your family by going to cooperhealth.org, cooperhealth.org, or call them at one 800 8 Cooper. Get an appointment today from primary care to all kinds of specialized care, more than 75 specialties. CooperHealth.org. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app.
I thought Nancy Mace did a good job today pushing back on Jamie Raskin's BS. Of course, she said the whole word, so we had to beep it. But uh, she was pretty fired up today at the hypocrisy of Jamie Raskin, the ranking member, who was the guy who spearheaded not one, but two impeachments of Donald Trump. In fact, Jamie Raskin served as an impeachment uh, lawyer against the president during the impeachment inquiry of the of Donald Trump. So here's Congresswoman Nancy Mace today. I thought she did a really good job going after him. Take a listen. 2019, Representative Raskin didn't think a House vote was needed for an actual impeachment inquiry. And to quote uh, Representative Raskin, he said in 2019, there's no formal constitutional or statutory or even the House rule for how an impeachment inquiry is to begin. And so it means different things to different people. I don't want to hear another word from the left or anyone across the other side of the aisle about impeachment inquiry. This is complete and total hypocrisy this morning. Today, we're going to bring the facts. Today, we are going to bring the evidence. In 2017, the Joe Biden family teamed up with Chinese company CEFC to make millions off of granting access to Joe Biden. Hunter even arranged for Joe Biden to share office space with the CCP-aligned company CEFC. My Democrat colleagues say none of this is relevant because Joe Biden wasn't vice president while his family did these shady deals. Turns out that's complete and total bullshit. It's a lie. Good for her. And Matt, there's more of that. If you can grab a little bit more for me as well, that would be good. She she does a nice I job of breaking it, it down. Oh, you have more? Yeah, go ahead, please. Hunter Biden referred to access to his father as the keys to his family's only asset. Those words are going to come back and haunt Hunter Biden and his family forever. Yesterday, the Ways and Means Committee released an FBI memo on the interview they had with Tony Bobulinski, a former Biden partner in crime. I'll read a bit of that right now. The work conducted by CEFC, Gilear Walker, Hunter Biden, James Biden, and Yee over the preceding two years was discussed in detail. In particular, CEFC was closing significant investment deals in Poland, Kazakhstan, Romania, Oman, and the Middle East during this period of time. Period of time is in reference to the years 2015 and 2016, when guess what? Joe Biden was vice president. As an aside, Rob Walker in previous testimony also confirmed that Joe Biden attended a meeting with the head of CEFC. So now we know CEFC was working with the Biden family while Joe Biden was vice president. And I'll continue reading from Tony Bobulinski's report. Good. See, again, it's it's very clear. It lays it out. But again, I got to ask the question, you know, is, is China driving foreign policy in the United States of America? I mean, take green vehicles, for example. China's all over the EV thing. You know, they're doing all the mining. They're destroying the earth. They're, they're mining for these precious minerals. They're supplying the parts. They're supply- the green energy deal, for example, benefits China tremendously. So I'm sorry, I'm going to ask the honest question right now. Is all of this because China, Joe Biden's compromised by China? Is a lot of it driven by that? China's ability now to do whatever the hell it wants around the world with, with, with seemingly no repercussions, no, no interest by the United States of America, this administration, to actually figure out the origins of COVID-19. Is, is, that, is that also because China owns Joe? China Joe? Is that why? See, this is why whether or not it's sexy and whether or not it sells on the evening news is irrelevant. Congress, we're all adults here. Congress has a responsibility to ask these questions. Congress has a responsibility to ask these questions before the United States of America loses any more of its sovereignty or any of our enemies around the world get more powerful or we waste any more money. 
And, and, and because of the fact that there's a lot of evidence here that Joe Biden is corrupt, corrupted by these countries, and it's no surprise that our foreign policy with Ukraine, with China, with Russia is, is not in our best interest, not in our best interest in any way, shape or form. So is it just a big coincidence that it's not in our best interest or is there more to it? Because Joe Biden is compromised by these entities. That is what Congress has a constitutional responsibility to figure out. I don't care if Morning Joe doesn't like it. I don't care if people go, I don't know, Zelensky, Jajewski, whatever, and change the change the station. It's it's not about that. Congress has to understand this and figure this out because the United States Department of Justice is not going to, period. So if the Justice Department does it, then who else does? That's literally the job of Congress. It's literally why Congress is there and has the oversight and the impeachment ability. It is to look into these matters. There's enough suspicion there to make us all believe that it's possible the president could be compromised. And as long as there's a possibility, Congress needs to explore this, and they are absolutely doing the right thing. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. A lot more to say. Big four o'clock hour straight ahead. The latest on the looting in Philadelphia. Plus, the government is still trying to censor your speech online. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.